Hello and welcome to Just the Animals Podcast, Episode 2, The Walrus. Today with me, I have a special guest, my dad, a.k.a. Guy. Say hi. Hello there, pod world. Okay. So, the walrus. First, we're going to talk about size and stature. So, they can measure anywhere between 7 to 11 feet long, or 2.2 to 3.4 meters. They can weigh anywhere from 2,200 pounds to 3,000 pounds. One website even suggested that walruses can weigh up to 4,000 pounds. Not sure how accurate that is, but the general consensus is that their weight is in the aforementioned range. Did you know that's how big they were? Say again? Did you know that's how big they were? No, I didn't know they were 3,000 pounds. Yep. 11 feet. That's a monster. Uh, yeah. And they can live to be 40 years old, too. And so, I had just learned this, too, in my research that... There are actually two subspecies of walrus, the Pacific walrus and the Atlantic walrus. Although some would argue that there, are, that there are actually three subspecies, which I will get to in our habitat section. Um, but they also are described as having incredibly large necks with disproportionately small heads, poor things, and underneath their skin, which is about an inch thick, they have a thick layer of blubber that can sometimes be up to six inches thick. Imagine that. If That's you had, a lot of blubber. Imagine if you had six inches worth of fat on you. So if you're 3,000 pounds, how much blubber are you? Are you a third blubber? I mean, it sounds like it. Wow. That's a lot of blubbering. I mean, they're in fridge. I mean, the water they're in is like negative 31 Fahrenheit. Well, then you need a big fat coat of blubber to well, keep warm. Exactly. So their blubber keeps them warm in the frigid waters, and they can also slow their heart rates down. Did you know that? No, do they hibernate? No, but they can slow their heart rate down, which helps them last in the freezing cold water. Lastly, they are one of the largest pinnipeds. So pinniped is Latin for fin or flipper-footed, and um, they sometimes walk on land. So these marine mammals have both front and rear flippers, much like the sea lions down at Pier 39, you know? Pinnipeds? Pinniped. Interesting. Yeah, you know how you see them kind of walk? You know, they got oh, those, yeah, those front they, they have the, Yeah, they have the front fins and then the back fins. Is that it they two can back fins or is yeah, it one back? it's two. Okay. Yeah. So, um, as for their indigenous area and habitat, they're found in the Arctic Ocean as well as sub-Arctic regions. More specifically, Norway, Greenland, Canada, Alaska, Far East Russia, and the Leptiv Sea in Russia. The what sea? Leptiv. L-E-P-T-E-V. Make you strong like bull, comrade. Exactly. So the Atlantic walrus can only be found in Canada. Fun fact. The scientists that consider the walrus living in the Leptive Sea say that this is the third subgroup. However, majority agree that they are that they are part of the Pacific subgroup. So hold on a second. Yeah. The, the Atlantic and the Pacific. It sounds like East Coast West Coast gang thing here. I mean, maybe. So do they? You know, they have this thing now above Canada where you can go through because the water now. What is that called? The passage up there between uh, you can go around the continent up in Canada I wonder if the if the walruses are mixing up there you know that's a good point I'll have to follow up about that okay and what happens I mean is there any like hybrid walrus east west coast walrus I don't we I didn't find anything out that but for the for this episode we're mostly going to focus on the pacific walrus mainly because that was the easiest of the two subgroups to access information on so they are known to inhabit ice flows do you know what that is an ice flow? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big ice thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 no kidding. So it's a floating sheet of ice. Yes. And rocky coastlines. When they're not on ice flows, they are known to inhabit very shallow waters where they search for their food. They also tend to prefer thinner sheets of ice specifically for this purpose where they're easier to break from below the water surface. 
And um, actually, you know how they break the ice? They bash their head against it, and then they use their tusks to make the hole as big as they want. So they open up the hole with their head, and then they use their tusks to make it bigger. Yeah. Wow, that's gotta hurt. You need a lot of blubber to. Yeah, that's why why they're so. That's why why their heads are so small. So, um, interestingly enough, the female Pacific walrus migrates, spending winter in Central and South Bering Sea, and the summer in the Chukchi Sea, which I believe is in Russia. Chukchi. Yes. Sounds like an Indian thing. Okay, let's not get too racial. Okay, so males remain in the south and haul onto rocky beaches when the ice melts, whereas the females and their young follow the sea ice edge up to the north. So although they live in very cold and frigid waters, they tend to stick to areas with shallow water so that they can easily access their food. While they may not be well equipped equipped for land travel, guess how fast they can swim? I give up. You didn't even guess. 22 miles an hour in the water. 22 miles an hour for yeah. a 3,000 pound animal? Imagine that hitting you. No thank you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so for their diet, so they are carnivorous, however, they're not ferocious hunters, you know, like, they, they're not like a lion or like a leopard seal or... Will they attack a person? No, they're actually really friendly. We're going to get to that. Okay. So, a uh, majority of their food can be found on the ocean floor. While they can hunt for food as deep as 100 meters, again, they prefer to stay in the shallower water areas. And their diet mostly consists of shellfish and many other bottom-dwelling invertebrates, you know, your mollusks, snails, worms, squids octopuses, some slow-moving fish, and it should be noted that some walrus populations are known to hunt seals and birds. It's pretty rare. A bird? Um, yeah. Wow. It's pretty rare, though, for them to eat other seals. Um, as for how they go about finding their prey in the dark, murky waters, you know how they have those cute little mustaches? Yes. So, that plays a key role in them finding their food. So, their mustache came, contains around 450 sensitive whiskers that help them scavenge on the seafloor. They have also been known to expel streams of water and air into the seafloor to reveal any hidden food in the sand. You know, like when you're power, they're like power washing the ocean floor. They, they, <laughs> blow it, like, they blow it to get animals out of it. Yes, that's what I said. So uh, I like to think, and then you know what they do? They don't really use they, they don't really use their teeth to eat. Do, they actually just kind of suck the stuff up. They're kind of like aquatic giant aquatic hoovers. They just kind of suck up their food. Do the females have tusks as well? Yes, we're gonna get to that. Okay. We're gonna get to that. All right. Okay, so are the aquatic hoover, if you will. Um, sometimes they'll trap shellfish in between their little lips and then suck out the creature and then spit the shells out. So they can also feed underwater for about five to 12 minutes, diving to about 330 feet deep. But again, they like shallow areas, so their most common dives will be between 80 to 200 feet. That's a long dive. I know. And again, like I said earlier, on rare occasion, walruses will prey on seals and seabirds. It's believed that this is typically the case for older walruses that cannot dive as deep into the sea as they used to. And then occasionally a young walrus will develop a taste or in a habit of eating seals in which it will continue to do that throughout its life. Seal-eating walruses can be distinguished from other walruses that eat their typical diet by their breathing. I found this out by reading on an Inuit website. By their breathing? Yes, we're going to get to that. So, seal-eating walruses have very short and quiet breathing, so this allows them to approach a seal silently. Stealthy walruses. Right, exactly. And catch it while it's unaware. These walruses also surface for shorter periods of time, taking only one or two breaths before diving back under the water. Another thing that a hunter had noted had noted was that you can also tell if a walrus is eating seals by the color of their tusks. So if an older walrus has been eating seals, um, hunters say that you that their tusks will be stained yellow from the blubber. Oh wow! Yeah. 
Now, what do you think they are? Solitary or pack animals? Uh, I think they probably like a pack. I'm gonna guess pack. Ding, 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 ding. So they're definitely pack animals. And they're described as being very gregarious creatures. They enjoy sunbathing together on the ice. So a group of walruses is actually called a herd. Um, oh. Yes, they travel and rest in their large herds. Is it cow and bull as well? Do they call yes. it? Oh, interesting. All right. So there can be as many as a couple hundred members in a herd. And then during mating season, there'll be thousands of them together. So and do they have that, uh, you know, the top dog man? Yes, they have a hierarchy. Okay. We're going to get to that. All right. So during mating season, um, like I said, they'll have around a thousand plus individuals. However, they do segregate themselves by gender. So there'll be a male herd and a female herd. Oh, like they must be religious Jews. They might. I, that's what I was thinking too. It's like it sounds. They sound like the Orthodox. Yeah. Um, and then as for their as for their babies, um, a calf will spend up to three years with their mom. Sometimes. Closer to five. So wait a minute. They what's, their, what's their lifespan? 40 years. 40 years? Yeah. Right. Shh, shh. Is that a walrus? No. Okay. And they're going to spend three years? Mm-hmm. So that's about 10% of their life approximately. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, humans, it's probably... It's probably longer. There's so. a thing that said that the, the more intelligent animals, I think, spend more time with their parents than... I wouldn't say intelligent, you know, but Probably like humans, social. humans, you think about it, you spend like a, almost a fifth of your life yep. with your, with your parents as or opposed to, if you're a 40 year old virgin, you live in your parents' basement still. Well, now you're living half your life with your parents. Exactly. Okay. Back to walruses. So they'll spend up to three years together and they can spend as long to five years together. So those last two years, the baby walrus will kind of just hang, it won't necessarily like the mom will be caring for it, but it'll still be pretty close to his mom, his or her mom. So do they throw them out of the herd? No, they usually go and find their own herd okay. after that. So walruses are also some of the most vocal animals. And guess what they have, like humans? A voice box? Yes, vocal cords. Vocal cords? Yes. So they not only communicate through sound, but also touch, physical contact, and smell. So an example of how they communicate through touch, they use, again, those very sensitive whiskers and, you know, and their little mustaches. Um, each one actually has its own nerve ending that transmits signals to the brain. So it's believed that when walruses come into physical contact with each other, they will touch whiskers, aka mustaches, which gives them a bunch of positive feedback and sensations. Is that like chewing aluminum foil and you get, ah! I don't know about all that. So... Yes. Do the females have tusks? Yes, we're going to get to that. Oh, we're getting to that. That's, that's in unique characteristics and traits. Okay. Relax. Okay, so, um, as for sounds that they make, um, they have quite a variety of sounds. They bark, whistle, grunt, bellow, and click. So Just they, like your mom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they not only make sounds on land, but also in the water. Males will make a bell-type sound under the water, and it's thought that this the purpose of the sound is to help them find each other in the water and also to warn each other of predators. It's believed that they can pick up sounds from as far as a mile away. So who are the predators? Like a, a we're shark? Gonna, we'll get to that. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that, too. So, um, yeah, so it's believed that they can hear sounds from a mile away and that they also can transmit a sound for up to a mile. And males typically make the most noise. So, fun, another little fun fact about their communication and uh, 
herd lifestyle is that um, because they are so social, walruses that are kept in captivity will always have a couple buddies with them. Um, this is particularly important for the young ones because it seems that those who lack constant interaction and communication fail to thrive. Well, here's the thing. Yes. It's nice to see an animal, but the, the cage or wherever they keep the tank, relative to where these animals swim in their range, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, there's you want to see the animal, but they're not in their natural habitat. I'm sure they're not happy being in captivity. Quiet, you. Um, okay, you're going to have to go out. That was not a walrus. Um, you know, it's it's... I wish there were a way to see them more in a natural environment. Oh, as yeah, you trying to go to Greenland? Greenland? Yeah, or Canada? Canada. I think I'm sure you can see them on one of those Alaska cruise thingies. Yeah, are they related to the manatee? No. They Two different. look like manatees without... I mean, they have tusks. I don't think a manatee has a tusk. No. Manatee is more warm, warm, warm Sound it out. water. Sound it out. But, okay. So, for their behavior, like I've been stating, these are exceptionally social and communicative creatures. Um, they also really look out for their young, and I've heard of cows doing this too. Um, so, if a calf is orphaned, another female will often step in and care for it. And I've heard of cows kind of doing that for each other too, believe it or not. You mean like it takes a village? Yeah, it does. That's exactly It takes a village. It takes a herd. It takes a herd to raise a, a walrus calf. But, and so you know you're asking... If they're aggressive, they are actually known as the gentle giants of the Arctic. I wouldn't want any of them getting pissed off at me and jabbing those tusks in you because they look pretty... Uh, yeah. However, there are times when they will become aggressive. Obviously, you know, if you threaten a baby, your mom's going to lay you on your ass and let you know. <laughs> Not to touch her baby. Um, Remember that time we were in Santa Cruz and we got too close to the sea? No, you got too close. And they started hissing. You got too close. <laughs> so the males will be more aggressive, obviously. Um, females will fight, but it's usually more vocal, kind of like women in you know the human world. Women just do a lot of yelling, and then men do a lot of physical fighting. Is it the house, house cows of the Pacific? You mean real house, house real, cows? Real house cows of the Pacific. I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of funny how they mimic the human world, where women it's a lot of yelling, and then men it's just a lot of physical altercations. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, we are genetically linked to walruses. Okay. Sounds like it. We have same, similar behaviors when fighting. So males are be aggressive with each other when it comes to mating, having a good resting spot on ice or on the land, and their fights most often become physical. Typically, the largest male will be the most dominant. However, if a male's tusks are broken, mm -hmm. they will never, their hierarchy and standing in the social ladder will be will be lower because they can't defend themselves as well or fight as well because they're missing a tusk. So they stab themselves, each other, with those tusks? Yes. Ouch. Yeah, well, so you'll see... Well, inches of blubber. Right, so you'll see kind of towards the end of mating season, you'll see a lot of them will have little gashes and stuff. Well, not little, but they'll have gashes Ouch. on the backs of their necks from fighting. Um, as for the unique characteristics and traits, we'll touch on the tusks now. Both males... And females have tusks. Their tusks are actually super long canine teeth, believe it or not. Wow. So how do they... They can eat with those giant... No, teeth? well, they don't. They're not for eating. 
They remember they use their lips. They're the they're vacuum. Yeah, no, no, I know that, but I mean, it's kind of getting away. Uh, I'm sure it does, but I get, obviously they've figured out a way for them not to be bothersome. So obviously male tusks are thicker and longer than female tusks. Um, the tusks can grow up to four feet long. Four feet. Yeah. Okay, that's incredible. I mean, I don't. That that's a that's a it seems like a lot of tusk. Yeah. So it's usually it's kind of majority is thirty two, but you know what? If you do enough research, someone will say I have you know a four foot long walrus tusk or whatever. But it's usually around thirty two inches or so. And they can weigh up to twelve pounds. The tusks. Yes. Hmm. So the tusks are not used for feeding. What they are used for is they're used to haul themselves onto the ice. So when they're trying to get up on the ice, they'll dig mm. their tusks in and Got just it. kind of pull themselves up. Um, they'll also just sink their tusks into the ice to stop and rest. So if they're just swimming around, they'll kind of be like, I need a break. So they'll just, you know, attach onto some ice and just kind of hang out and be like, all right, I'm good. Tusk anchors. Yeah, pretty much. And then lastly, of course, they're used for mating displays, fighting, and warding off predators. So again, they do not use their tusks to eat. Okay. As for fun and interesting facts. Did they ever have like, you know, t tusk fights? Yeah, well, that's I, when they're well, fighting. Bro, yeah, that's when As they're fighting. As opposed to like a sword fight. Oh my god. Don't, don't, don't go there. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So, their skin color will actually change based off temperature and blood flow. So when they're out sunbathing, their skin will often turn this bright pink color. Pink? Yeah, because their blood, you know, because their blood vessels will dilate because they're getting warm. Is that a gay walrus? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I thought pink was breast cancer. Oh, that's true. If it was like rainbow, then maybe it would be a Yeah. Rainbow walrus. Yeah. Coalition. Yes. Um, so when they're sunbathing, like I said, their skin will turn pink. And then when they've been in the cold for a while, they'll appear to be almost white in color due to the restricted blood flow to their extremities. Oh, they don't turn blue like people do. No. And now for our fun and interesting facts, they have great hearing, but really poor vision. That's interesting. I know. I thought so, too. So they rely a lot on sound to help them locate each other and be able to tell when it's time to retreat to one of their ice flows or to land. Guess how much time they spend in the water? Uh, like, well, throughout their whole life. Uh, 60%. Close. Oh, what's the right answer? Two-thirds of their life they spend in the water. That's pretty damn close. Two-thirds, yeah. 66. Okay. 66.66666. Yeah. They yeah. even mate in the water. Oh, wow. That yeah. sounds romantic. So they really only go on land to rest and give birth and sunbathe. Uh, do you know how long they can stay under the water for? You said like 12 minutes. No, that was just for feeding. Oh, no, I don't. 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That's a nice set of lungs. Yeah. And... Even more fun, kind of like whales, although I don't know if they do this, but they can sleep while they are swimming. They can sleep while they're swimming? Yeah. Is that called? Wow. It's like sleepwalking. Yeah. Sleep swimming. So they don't, are they going, you know, they, they lose their way while they're sleeping? I mean, or are they, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah. Maybe they're on an Ambien. Maybe. You know, they probably went to McDonald's too. And there you go. They drove to McDonald's and had to. Did they, did they have the fish or did they have the burger? Probably the fish. They probably have a fish sandwich. So, and like I said, to create the hole in the ice, they'll bang their heads against it and then use their tusks to make it however large they want their hole. Yeah. And their only natural predators are polar bears and orcas. And orcas. Yes. Oh, not great white sharks. They're not up there. It's too cold for them. That's true. 
So, yeah, you'd find like a Greenland shark up there. Yeah, but if a norca, uh, you got a 3,000 pound uh, animal, that's going to be a you, wow, that's a tough show. I'm sh it's probably like a 5v1 situation, I would imagine. Well, orcas, <laughs> I don't think one orca tries orca, to take down one walrus. Orcas, yeah, they go like a pack, right? So, um, and then one of the, their last kind of natural hunter are the few, or, sorry, their last um, kind of natural predator, I guess if you could call it natural. Humans. Yes, but only a select group of people are actually allowed to hunt them, though. And, do you know who? Probably the Inuits. The yes, Alaska natives. They are allowed to hunt them. Well, there's another issue with them, and that is uh, they're getting run over by ships. And I was right. The Northwest Passage, because it's pretty much open year-round now because of uh, the warming, uh, is creating a bigger problem for them. Yes, that's the biggest threat to their habitat is global shipping. warming yeah. and shipping. So yeah, there are people that think that their hearing is might be affected by shipping. Like, you know, when you're talking about sperm whales, they're really sensitive to motorboats and that kind of stuff. So the, in Inuit culture, um, it was believed, or it is believed that the movements of the walrus were used to judge future wind and weather conditions. And I also like to make comparison between walrus and caribou. They have very similar lifestyles, I guess, with living in herds. And walrus and caribou both gain a lot of weight in the summer and then become really, really skinny in the wintertime. Well, yeah, they fatten up to get through the lean winter, sure, mm -hmm. most animals. I think a polar bear does the same thing, but I'm not sure. And um, their tusks, so what the Inuits will do with them, because you know, they won't waste, they don't really waste no, anything. that tusk is very valuable. Yeah, so the, they make knives and jewelry, the skins are used for lining hut, for lining in a hut, you know. And also walrus meat is considered to be very high nutritional value, and it does not spoil easily, so it's a good food source for long trips. I wonder what they do with the blubber. Do they use it to make soap? Soap. Okay. And I think candles and stuff. And so it's estimated that there are about 250,000 walruses left in the wild. 250,000? Yeah. I wonder how they counted them, but okay, whatever. Probably because they probably just took pictures of them on ice and just counted them. Okay. So yes, that's our friend the walrus. I am the walrus. Thanks for listening, guys. Kukukichu. If you would like to email in suggestions or comments or questions, you can reach me at jayanimalspod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Jayanimals? What the heck is that about? Jay well, it's just the, the title is Just Animals, oh. but for whatever reason, Just Animals was taken on Gmail, so... It's oh, so J, you went yeah. J. Yes, J as in the letter J, animals, pod at gmail.com.